Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. The 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage. We are not making this series up. This is reality. This is real. Snarks are real. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I am also a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com, also Legion of Leia, also the new Beverly blog these days, and I am the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. From whence, From whence, we, whence we, hail. we hail. And this week on Cancel Too Soon... Mm. You're welcome. Well, we found something. When uh, when when Cancel Too Soon was put into motion, it was specifically to find shows like this. It was specifically actually geared to uncover this show in particular. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of people. We didn't know what we were looking for, but we found yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people. When we talk about Cancel Too Soon, they have a show that they like or that they heard of that they're mm. really excited to hear about. And we got a lot of requests for some of the old standbys, like Freaks and Geeks, The Lone Gunman, and we'll get to those. What we were hoping to find mm. was a show that is absolutely phenomenally unbelievable, but that actually existed. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, oh, when are you going to do Tequila and Benetti? Well, mm. first off, when we can fucking find it, because that show's hard to find. But Tequila and Benetti is a holy fucking shit show about a broad Italian stereotype who teams up with a dog who can talk, but only kind of. And together they solve, like, <laughs> horrifying murders together. Like, not, not like cute stuff, but, like... Evil criminals. I like. I like you say. Can talk. The dog can talk. Kind of. And I can only think of Santa's little helper saying "chewy." <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Fine. But regardless, <laughs> it's considered this like holy fucking shit of uh, a show. And but you you know about that one, or at least you might. Mm. Um, this is one. I have never heard anyone talk about. It. I came across this show uh, by accident when we were uh, researching our episode about profit. Profit, of course, is actually one of our more popular episodes of this show. Mm. It's a very uh, well-known one-season wonder from the 1990s about uh, backstabbing and soap opera dynamics in Mm. a corporation. High high corporate, yeah. Yeah, in a corporation in the 1990s. And that show was uh, co-created or executive produced by Stephen J. Cannell. Who has a very extensive history in well, he, film tele- and, and, and television? He, he uh, created the A Team, which is mm-hmm. one of his better known uh, uh, mm-hmm. subjects. He also, created Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump Street. He also Rockford created uh, uh, and Files on Hunter, uh, most yeah. notably in my household, because that was a show that I actually watched with my mom. Yeah, so he he's a big deal. So I was looking over his televisionography, I guess, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, as with anyone who works in television a lot and creates a lot of TV shows, for every hit, there's at least one that didn't take mm. off. And I came across this title. 
the, the 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage. And I thought, well, I never heard of that. <laughs> that must have not have lasted. And then I looked it up. It sounded weird. Mm-hmm. And then I s- tracked down a trailer on YouTube, and it looked ridiculous. <laughs> and I sent it to you. It's like, we have to find this show. And then we watched it, and then we realized what it actually was. Uh, and it turns out uh, the timing is very good, because uh, what with uh, Donald Trump being in the news to some capacity. You may have heard uh, He... Uh, now, in the 1990s, you have to remember where Donald Trump was, and sort of in terms of the culture. He was famous, but not for the same reason. He he was famous, uh, but he was also kind of infamous. He was uh, the wide subject of many, many parodies in the 1990s. He, he was would the show cartoonish up and, idea of American greed. Yeah, yeah. He he was the real life Gordon Gecko, and he would mm-hmm. show up in Pizza Hut commercials, and he would you would get him on your sitcom when you needed that sort of caricature. He was literally uh, famous for being rich. He was famous, and he was famous for being rich, but also being kind of this dickish blowhard. Yeah, um, I guess that's still what he's famous for. But wow. uh, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about politics. If you're a big Trump supporter. Mm. Already, we apologize, but uh, but, but it, it makes this is, we can't avoid it. It makes sense that uh, the Donald Trump image uh, would show up in a sitcom at some point, mm-hmm. uh, and as or, as or an action as, show in this as case. a as a lead character. Yeah, uh, the he, idea now is, he did appear on many sitcoms yes. as himself because why get a Donald Trump type when he's available? Yeah, Donald Trump showed up in Home Alone two, Lost in New York as Donald Trump. He'll just he would just do it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, sure, sure enough, like you get like a someone who's very uh, a famous personality, you're going to start seeing uh, some copycats. So although it's 100 like, Lives of Blackjack it's like, Savage, remember when you saw Dick Cheney ish characters yeah. in a lot of movies? Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. The 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage isn't about Donald Trump in the same way that the evil vice president from the day after tomorrow isn't Dick Cheney. Exactly. It's totally him. They no. just changed the name because they didn't want to pay Donald was Trump. It, was it Willem Dafoe in that one, or was uh, no, 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 was... no, no, no? It was um, oh, jeez. Character actor who just looks like him in the oh, okay. tomorrow. Um, so Donald Trump is the star of the 100 Lies of Black Jack Savage Rather, uh, as the character. His character is named Barry Tarberry, I, but, which uh, is a weird fucking name, and we're gonna have to talk about what they what they did with that. But Bar- the actor is play the actor who plays the Donald Trump character uh-huh. looks Donald Trumpish. Uh, is is Daniel Hugh Kelly. You may know him as McCormick from Hardcastle and McCormick. Yeah. He was also in Cujo and in a series we need to track down called I Married Dora, in which he plays like a milk toast corporate guy who marries his Hispanic housekeeper so that she won't be deported. Also, Juliette Lewis played their daughter. Uh, I know him, uh, Daniel Hugh Kelly, from Star Trek Insurrection, uh, where he played the character that nobody remembers because he's so boring in that movie. You may remember that he looks kind of like uh, Anchorman Kent Shocknick. For for what that's worth. If you know Kent Shocknick, you might go, oh, he's that actor who looks like Kent Shocknick. There but you he, go. he plays our Donald Trump stand-in, uh, uh-huh. Bar- Barry Tarberry. Now, in the pilot episode, Barry Tarberry is accused of uh, corporate malfeasance. Mm-hmm. In a very Trumpish sort of way, mm-hmm. uh, and he his, flees the country. His, he's under investigation from the, from the feds, so he has to flee the country. He has bought a castle, sight unseen, on a Caribbean island called San Pietro, a fictional yes. island, a Caribbean island with uh, that is a fascist dictatorship. We're going to mm. get to know that wacky fascist dictator uh, as the show goes on, and yeah, it also has no extradition too. laws. Uh, it turns out that the castle Donald Trump has purchased, and we're just going to call him Donald Trump most of the time. Well, he's he, well, fine. Barry Tarberry. Mm. The castle that he has purchased is haunted by the ghost of a black pirate 
who was named. lynched for freeing slaves. Uh-huh. They named now, uh, that series, I'm sure, would make, or that premise of uh-huh. a, a pirate who frees slaves, uh-huh. that would be a whole se- series, like a high-budget series on stars these days. I'd watch that. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in the past, about, I think it's in the 1600s, mm-hmm. uh, Black Jack Savage freed slaves, was lynched, and has since been haunting this castle. Now, in the middle of the pilot, there is an exposition dump where we learn all of the rules that Black Jack Savage, a ghost, has to live by. Now, he's a ghost. Yes. But he can only be seen by the owner of the castle. Which was his castle. It was his castle. Yeah. He's stu- he is doomed to live there, but he can communicate to the person who owns it, like legally. Yeah. I so guess the castle- paperwork's real important in the, heaven. The, the, the ca- the ca- well... As it turns out, he is being overseen by a sub-deity that he calls Larry. Whom we never meet. We never meet Larry, but La- it is said that Larry was previously some sort of Nazi collaborator. Was it? I was French. So it was like French Revolution. Oh, was he? Deal. Well, regardless. That's not the anyway, important part. That's not the important part. Uh, Larry, has, yeah, Larry, Larry is has responsible for Blackjack Savage redeeming himself mm. because when he was a pirate, he killed 100 people. Exactly and 100. And he can't go to heaven unless he saves 100 lives. But as a ghost, he can't touch anything. No one can hear him except the owner of the castle. So he's kind of screwed. Mm. Also, every time he leaves the castle... Uh, he runs the risk of being tracked down by bounty hunters from hell called yeah. Snarks. And in the pilot episode... well, they, And they look different uh, in, the, in pi- the pilot than they do from the rest of the series. In the pilot episode, and we'll talk how they change it later, mm. they look like the back half of a rat with chicken claws. The, the back half of some sort of animal. Yeah, they're, they're they, have no, they have two legs. They have no, a rat tail. No heads, but they still have like part of a torso and mm-hmm. tails. And they have yeah these big sort of... Uh, Talons, and they just fly around attacking the black pirate a lot uh, with really, really, really bad special effects. Oh yes, they look terrible. Oh yeah. Um, um and so so it is up to Blackjack Savage to convince Donald Trump mm-hmm. to help him save people's lives anonymously, so that Blackjack Savage can essentially get the credit for those lives. And once he's saved 100 lives, he can go to heaven. And the idea is, mm. Barry, a.k.a. This Trump... Is, this is a show. We're not making this, this up as we go along. This is still the premise. Just the premise we're, we're just at the premise. Because it gets insaner. But there's more. There's this more. The there's so much more. Yeah. Uh, Barry is also obviously on a one-way ticket to hell. Uh, oh. So he, it's in it for him. And he's constantly renegotiating the deal. With Blackjack Savage, where I get forty percent of all the of all the lives. Yeah. So even though they're saving a hundred lives, theoretically they're going to have to save at least two hundred to cover them both. Well, yeah, that math well, is I, hazy. I, I, it's not really sure how many lives Barry needs to save in order to redeem himself. Yeah, the point is Barry is at the beginning of every episode an ir- irredeemable boor. He is a terrible person mm-hmm. because he's Donald Trump. He only cares about the business deal. That, that's the cartoonish idea: is that yeah. he only cares about the business. There's an episode <laughs> in which he debates whether or not to save a dying baby because there's a decent chance it's already dead. Yeah, yeah, that's an actual thing that happens in a show that was co-produced by Disney. And, and in fact, the Disney logo appears before the title. Disney presents the 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage, and that title card appears above the dangling hung feet of the lynched pirate, while really festive Caribbean steel drum music plays on the soundtrack. Yeah, 
That ever when we talk about they, they normalizing changed. Donald Trump, Disney was doing it in 1991. Well, Disney, on the magical world of Disney, Disney has been doing this since their inception. They've been sort of normalizing, evening out, kind of making nice. Now he's still a bastard. He's sort of a, a, a scoundrel of a character. Yeah, the movie, the show doesn't like think he's good. Yeah, but they do think that his evil is charming. No, they think that you're we're going to like this character. And I'm going to tell you something. Even before well, politics think, entered into it. I the think protagonist char- of the show is an asshole. I think he's supposed to be a, a, a character to be mocked. I don't think he's necessarily supposed to be wholly sympathetic. I think he's an anti-hero in a lot of ways. I think we're supposed but, to find his antics enjoyable, because otherwise yes. why have a show? Well, we find his antics enjoyable because, remember, at the time, Donald Trump was the subject of widespread mockery. He yeah, was he a, was a punchline. A, he was a figure to be laughed at. He was a punchline. Why not take that punchline and put make him the comic foil in an adventure show? Uh, in addition to having to help Black Jack Savage, mm-hmm. he also has... We forgot to mention the Blackbird. Oh, yes. He, uh, he has access to Nightboat, essentially. Uh, <laughs> this is Nightboat the series. Like, Nightboat, like that that Simpsons gag, uh-huh. which was Knight Rider, but with a boat, and how stupid an idea is that? <laughs> they actually did that, but they added Donald Trump and a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so he has access to a stealth boat, which was built by their uh, their Q character, yes. who is uh, played by D- Dave, is it David Hitner? Uh, oh shit! I actually didn't write that down. I'm an idiot. Uh, he, he's uh, he's yeah, a Logan well, Murphy. Is the or, name excuse of the me, character. Steve Hitner is his name, and okay. he, you've seen him. He's been around. Yeah, he's uh, he's a prolific he, character. He, he, I think, is the one of the more recognizable performers. And yeah, he he can't see Blackjack Savage, but he can see Barry. And Barry tries to negotiate with this guy. Uh, to essentially enslave him into making tech for him. And yeah. Barry not only has already built a stealth boat that uh, Barry has inherited through the castle, yeah. but he also tries to enlist him to create, A, a device that can repel the snarks. I keep wanting yeah. to call them scrunts. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're snarks. Uh, and it's, just, and also, it's this big, weird vacuum cleaner type thing. So mm, it's also a Ghostbuster show. It's kind of a Ghostbuster show. Yeah. Also, he has built a laser gun that also does EMPs, but the EMP and the laser do the same thing. And they have to, and they're so they have to be connected to their car. So they have a car with a laser gun. So they have, it's so it's a show about a millionaire mm-hmm. and a ghost in a haunted teaming, castle. In a haunted castle, yeah. teaming up with a night boat Ghostbuster guy with a laser gun, and they're fugitives. And to say, okay, um. it just it just. <laughs> It just there, keeps going. There's not an elevator pitch to this show. No, that's, I don't know how this happens. That's why I think this show is, this is the kind of show we're looking for. My there's no is, way to dis, to sum this up distinctly. My theory is someone was trying to get fired. Like, this is the show you get. You want to get, like you don't want to quit. Old. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to quit. You want to get fired so you can go on unemployment. And then somehow, by some fucking miracle Stephen J. Cannell says this is great this is exactly what Disney is looking for and then like the shows like other creators um, James Wong who went on to do Final Destination and Glenn Morgan who also uh, collaborated on Final Destination they did some of the best episodes of the X-Files they co-created Space Above and Beyond which we're going to be getting to at some point oh yeah definitely we're also the event which we were recently sent by an enterprising fan of the show so we'll record that sooner than later Um, my theory is they were just like oh god we're so sick of we're so sick of this job. I was like at this office. We got to get ourselves fired. Mm. Let's come up with the worst idea for a television series in history. <laughs> Holy shit! They want seven episodes, yeah. so, and they did all seven. Now, uh, in the pilot, 
uh, Daniel Hugh Kelly plays uh, Barry throughout. Yeah. But they recast two of the roles. Well, uh, the notably, first... notably, Black Jack Savage. Yeah, Black Jack Savage in the pilot is played by an actor. Stoney Jackson. Uh, who isn't a terribly well-known mm-hmm. uh, uh, actor, but he was on shows like uh, 227, The White Shadow. He's also mm-hmm. in the movie Angels in the Outfield. Um, and he's actually the better Blackjack Savage. But, yeah, I liked him a lot, actually. But he's replaced by another very respectable actor, Stephen Williams, from in all the other episodes. From 21 Jump Street. Yeah, he was the captain of 21 Jump Street. Uh, if you're a horror fan, you may also remember him from Jason Goes to Hell. He was the bounty hunter That's who right. was tracking Jason. So uh, here's the thing. Uh, Stoney Jackson was a much more lighthearted comic presence, Mm -hmm. which I think was more in keeping with a a show this crazy with Mm -hmm. such a weird premise. You need somebody who can be a little bit self-aware about all this wacky crap that's going on. He was a little bit more Beetlejuicey than Steven. Yeah. He was, he was really playful. He was kind of, you know, he's flip. Oh, uh, another thing we forgot to mention, uh, blackjack savage has been around for all these centuries and he's picked up modern lingo. He doesn't speak like an old pirate, even though he's dressed like one. The implication is that the owners of the castle have TV. So he's yeah. seen it. So he's, so he's seen yeah. TV and he's sort of updated. Uh, yeah. hip, hip, hip talking dude. Here, here's an actual quote from my wife, Michelle, uh, uh, while we were watching this show. Oh, God, he's a pop culture ghost. <laughs> <laughs> because in the pilot episode in particular, he does a lot of pop culture references. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gets real old real fast. Um, and, and I don't mind. I don't actually mind that he's a pop culture ghost so much, but uh, I, I appreciate that they tried to sort of keep him. That it's weird that the ancient pirate ghost should be the one with the updated lingo Mm -hmm. who's sort of playing to the straight man who's the modern day man Mm -hmm. it's a little odd Uh, but yeah he was replaced with stephen williams who's much more masculine he's He's got a much more imposing presence he's he's much more aggressive he's much more serious and i think he didn't quite understand the show well i mean nobody did nobody can (laughs) it it is an ineffable show in every sense but uh yeah, I, I don't think he really could get on any sort of wavelength. So mm-hmm. when he was asked to do something silly, something kind of ghosty, you could tell he was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, also, uh, one of the protagonists of the show we mm-hmm. haven't talked about yet, Roma Downey. <laughs> Roma Downey is everyone knows her from Touched by an Angel, and she's got like a huge cult uh-huh. about her because Touched by an Angel was an enormous hit show, and I saw a few episodes. It was good. I got nothing against yeah. it. Um, but she doesn't actually have that prolific a career. If you go to her IMDb page, she's got like 20 credits over like 30 years. And this was her third. This is the third thing she ever did (laughs) was a recurring character named Danielle on the hundred lives of blackjack savage. And she's kind of the, the, the heroic, uh, political person who's trying to stand up against all the oppression. She's the San Pietro. She's the moral counterbalance to Barry. Yeah. Barry doesn't care. She cares about everything. Mm -hmm. She, she's, more or less the the Democrat is Republican, if if you will. Basically, you will, yeah, yeah, he spends Trump spends a lot of time trying to woo Hillary Clinton in this show, <laughs> uh, and and she finds his antics reasonably charming, even though she hates him for it. And well, it's really unbelievable. Actually, I don't buy for well, one it's, minute. It's kind of a love hate relationship because uh, you know. Daniel Hugh Kelly is is a good looking guy. He's a, okay. Yeah. He's a handsome bloke. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like Donald Trump. He looks like actor. He's not, he's uh, not a Brad uh, Pitt or anything like that. But he's he's decently. Like, I, I, can, I can buy that he'd be a charming guy okay. and that he would have the charm to seduce women because mm-hmm. he's a rich, powerful man and he's confident. And some women like that. So uh, 
that she would be drawn to him and still find him a little bit uh, disgusting is, I, I think, is totally believable. I think it's okay, fine. That's fine. And she essentially replaced a character from the pilot, even though it's not the same character. I feel like it, she served the same function. The idea is that, like, the daughter of the fascist dictator is, like, against him politically, but mm. they sort of skim over it or whatever. It's kind of confusing. Mm. Let's talk about the first episode. The first episode, titled Pilot, uh-huh. is introduced by Michael Eisner bragging about... the, the first. Ex- I think the first three or four episodes yeah. were introduced by Michael Eisner. He introduces it. First off, he's bragging about how great this show is and how it's going to be the next big thing. And the best part is uh-huh. two things, actually. First off, he's bragging about the show that we all know went nowhere. Uh-huh. Secondly... The first episode, we were talking about <laughs> 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage, something we're very, very proud of here at the Disney Channel. We think it's going to be the next big hit on TV. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go help set up Euro Disney. But, As if uh, Euro Disney is going to be this the other big thing he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and not a big punchline. Uh, Eisner kind of made, made a few bad decisions when he was running <laughs> Disney. Uh <laughs> Now, this was 1991. It wasn't open yet. So, uh, well, yeah, I, I we didn't understand. know that was a joke yet, but it's funny now. It's <laughs> well, really funny it now. It wasn't a joke yet, but now it's pretty hilarious. Look at this hit show, and mm. I'm going to go work on this other hit thing, and they both tank. The pilot episode opens with a lot of leftover pirate stock footage from something else Disney did once. The Blackbeard's ghost or whatever And you can tell had. because, yeah. like, the footage of, like, all these pirates, it's in black and white. And it's like obviously got real production design and real ships, and then it cuts to Black Jack Savage shot standing with on an a obvious, set, yeah. yeah, obviously shot with a different camera, standing next to some wooden boxes. <laughs> so then he gets lynched, uh-huh. and then three hundred years later, Barry Tarberry, aka Donald Trump, is like conning someone out of a deal, and then the FBI comes in and they arrest him. Mm. And then uh, cuts to him like getting into his limousine, fleeing the country, mm. ending up in San Pietro. And one of the recurring gags is uh, he never pays anyone for work. Well, he never pays his contractors. Con- he tries to avoid paying the fascist dictator. He tries to avoid paying uh, Logan for all of his right. gadgets. And in fact, he successfully never pays Logan anything throughout the entire history of the show. Except for shares. I think that's yeah. Yeah, it gives him shares. And there's a recurring point. gag about how useless those shares yeah. are and how that constantly gets him beaten up. Now, consider, given the modern climate and where Donald Trump ended up, uh, how we viewed him in 1991, that it was com- totally believable that Donald Trump, who was well known for being this kind of slimy pitch man for he, big businesses. He wrote a book called The Art of the Deal, which is all basically about the value of lying. Yeah, it's it's very he's this very Machiavellian character who would stab people in the back and deliberately not pay people and deliberately be an asshole to succeed. And brag about it and, and brag about get away and, with and it. how that he would be a criminal on the run from the law and that he would be this broad, broadly evil person, how acceptable that was to audiences. We assumed that was the case. We assumed that was the case all along. This was back now, in a time if, when, when in movies, like, there was corruption or something. The mm. plot would always be, we found the evidence, we showed it to Congress, and that person went to jail. Mm. Yeah. I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> I wish they did. We, we I don't found, think it's that simple anymore. We found the evidence. We showed it to Congress, and Congress said, "Ha ha, cry baby." That, yeah. that that's where we are now. That's how Rubicon ended. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, no one's going to care. Oh well, then why did we do the show? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no morals anymore. Everything's permissible um, if if you're rich. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just I, I love that this is sort of a good portrait. I think this show of how we viewed not just Donald Trump, but the rich and yuppies in the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a bit where uh, Barry... Tar- Tarberry. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that name is unfortunately yeah. relevant. 
there's a there's uh, a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole episode where someone's joke is that they keep calling him. I apologize for the trigger warning. Yeah. Barry Tar Baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a recurring joke now, on a Disney show from 1991. Now, to be fair, Disney did produce a film called Song of the South, where there was actually a literal Tar Baby in it. And that was 50 years that before was, that. By the early 90s, they were ago. already ashamed. Uh, yeah. Um, remember when Ted Danson appeared in blackface? On TV. The last time anyone ever did that? That was 1992. Uh, now, D- Bob Goldthwaite got up after he did that bit and turned turned to, t- to Ted Danson and said, Do you think that was going to be funny appearing in blackface? It's 1992, you idiot. Uh, <sighs> Bob Goldthwaite was in the right there. Uh, yes. Using the word... Tar Baby over and over again on national television and the Disney show was so unbelievably wrongheaded. You know it came from ignorance. Oh yeah, I, I assume uh, they thought that was fine. They but thought it's it was not. fine. It's it, horrifying. It, I apologize for now, that. We have to say it on this show. We have to say it on the show. And uh, today it's even less fine. I want to point out that it wasn't fine even in 1991. No, we would that not. That was not okay. Even at the time, that was wrong. That yeah. was it. Was wrong to say, and it wasn't a funny joke. Yeah. Okay, so he goes to San Pietro. He pays off this fascist dictator whose name is Abel Vasquez, uh-huh. uh, who's played by actor Bert Rosario, who's kind of recognizable but never really had any big hits. Mm. He was in some Cancel Too Soon shows we might cover called A.K.A. Pablo and Sword of Justice. Um, he, he was in that film A Million to One. Ah, yes, good times. <laughs> uh, one of the better titles. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he, he buys the castle. And the first thing, as soon as he buys it, he goes into the kitchen, and there's Blackjack Savage. Uh-huh. And Barry assumes that Blackjack Savage is the help. And he says, yep. my houseboys wear starched white shirts and pleated pants. That's an actual line. Mm-hmm. Blackjack Savage doesn't have, want any of that. Because Blackjack Savage always appears in his pirate car, but he can't change his clothes. At which point, Barry says, you're fired. Then he runs out of the room, goes to the real estate agent, and says... Quote. Uh, oh, dear. You wrote it down. I wrote a lot of quotes down <laughs> on this show. After seeing Blackjack Savage in his kitchen, he leaves and says, quote, I just caught a black guy in the kitchen. Uh-huh. A couple lines of dialogue that are irrelevant. Anyway, I fired him. I want to change all the locks. Well, again, we're, this is this is the way the world viewed uh, uh, yuppies in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, yuppies were sort of stock bad guys already, but by now they had turned into sort of cartoon easy targets. But he's the protagonist. And, and this isn't like and this isn't <coughs> like a Christmas Carol where over the course of one story he gets better. Mm. He can't get better or the show would be over. Yeah. So you're just stuck with this. You're stuck with a uh, a charming, rich asshole who is also racist. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Blackjack Savage, once he finally, like, confronts Barry, uh-huh. explains, uh, what he does. Oh, we forgot, he also is kind of a rapper. Um, he rhymes a lot. Oh, oh, he treats it more like rapping. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a quote. I float like a boat, and I haunt like a ghost. I'm the color of toast, and I'm faster than most. Mm. First off, he isn't like a ghost, he is a ghost. <laughs> so already the poem doesn't make sense. But it's just at the same time, color of toast? Well, what the fuck? You've you've heard the phrase like blacker than most, right? Yeah, this, this you know black exploitation phrase that's been bandied about. I think uh, James Brown said it at one point. He Black, also blacker, uh, than, blacker than most. And so in a montage in which he's scaring Barry, mm-hmm. uh, he impersonates Howard Cassell. He impersonates Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. It gets real old. 
real fast. No, that, that scene's kind of painful to watch. Yeah. Barry also finds out that because the castle is haunted, it has a legend of being haunted. Um, he finds out that he can't uh, hire any help at the castle, to which he says, quote, No servants? How in the hell am I supposed to live without servants? He's, he's, a, he's a rich dude. He's used to having yeah. that. He's used to having those people around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the reason why he didn't have any servants was because they couldn't afford that many actors. That's probably true. Uh, here's here's another thing about this takes place on a Caribbean island. They clearly filmed like in a vacation spot, but they filmed in a really dumpy location spot. You mm-hmm. notice that that they don't go out of their way to make this place look sort of vacationy and kind of exotic and fun. There's mm-hmm. a lot of bodies of water in it, but there aren't like a lot of shots of like just sort of the gleaming vistas of the Caribbean. No, it looks the like they shot it all beaches. on a private beach. It's somewhere. Yeah. It's like uh, you go to the, the Andy Sedaris hard ticket to Hawaii, the, you know, the, the lethal ladies series. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to go to Hawaii and film all these exotic locations, but they go to Molokai, the, du- <laughs> the, du- the dumpiest of the island. I was just about yeah. to say that. Yeah. That's have a Molokai vibe. There. <laughs> You're absolutely it, it right. It feels really like the even the exotic location doesn't feel that exotic. It looks real cheap. So in any case, he's trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do. He finds out he's uh, scheduled for quote the Ivan the Terrible Chamber in Hell. Uh-huh. Um, there's a there's a murder at the docks. Uh huh. Um, and he's jogging amongst <laughs> all the poor people and like his affluent. Uh, jog, jogging outfit. Yeah, it's great. That's a wouldn't great. It, image. Wouldn't it have been funny if he like ran into other like exiled millionaires i guess that would have been for later in the, well, the series well the implication yeah. actually is that there are other people uh who are seeking asylum in san pietro and that there's a party uh tobin bell who would later go uh-huh. to great acclaim as the villain jigsaw and the saw movies is in the pilot episode as a drug runner who also uh seeks asylum in san pietro yeah. and he is indeed the person who uh barry and blackjack savage have to defeat and save uh-huh. Uh, like Roma Downey's life from in the uh, pilot episode. Uh-huh. Um, let's see here. Uh, so he teams up with Logan. Logan uh, uh, was trying to get the money back that he was never paid to build that superboat. <laughs> Again, also there's a superboat, uh-huh. and it's treated like a James Bond thing. Uh, the the in, in fact the boat mm-hmm. uh, was a real boat. Oh yeah, that's a real stealth boat. Mm-hmm. Like there were stealth boats. Yeah, and they were designed that way, you know, painted all black so they could avoid radar. It was based on the yeah. SR seven one Blackbird plane technology, oh, yeah. but it was a boat. Yeah, good How, times. You, do you know? Do you real the, the entire budget of the show must have gone to that boat? You that's, think? that's like a billion dollar piece of equipment. It's probably not billion dollars. It's a lot. It's a lot. That, but that boat is actually. I, I looked it up. That boat is still on the Disney lot. Is it really? Yeah, that's not like an operation oh, you, or anything. They just have that. Well, you don't get rid of that. No, like, just there's somewhere the, around there. There's a stealth boat. There's like some. There's some TV idea some, somewhere uh, about people who steal technology from movies or whatever to solve crimes. And one of the things they have to steal <laughs> it would be is FX, the Blackjack Savage superboat. It would be FX the series, I think. Yeah, like there actually FX the series. Yeah. Um, but FX the series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in any case, uh, so they're sol- they're trying to solve these crimes. Uh, it turns out that Blackjack Savage can leave the mansion, but if he does, he runs the risk of being attacked by snarks. Mm. So uh, Barry decides to hire FX Murphy uh, to build a machine that can dispel snarks, even though 
FX Murphy has no idea how magic works, or nor does he even believe that it exists. Mm. So I don't know why he didn't just give him a lump of not working machinery and say, where's my jack? Here's your placebo. Yeah, yeah like I, it makes no sense that he would actually do it. But OK, uh, the FBI shows up to try to extradite uh, uh, Barry, which I didn't think they could do. Uh and it turns out that one of Blackjack Savage's other powers is that he can possess lower life forms. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that. So, he, so <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Pause. Let that sink in. Yeah. This is also part of the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. The go- pirate ghost mm-hmm. can not possess people, but can possess animals. Remember this? This is a, uh, this is a show in which the title is the name of a black character uh-huh. who throughout the entire series is invisible and can only manipulate the world by inhabiting dogs. And, and a parrot. And a parrot, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he does, he there's a weird, so he there's can, a weird so he dynamic here. So he can talk. There's, well, but then they like, only do that once. Why don't they just get a parrot? That fits the pirate theme. It'll Why be doesn't fine, he always yeah. have a parrot and Blackjack's in the parrot? That makes sense. An animatronic parrot throughout the series would make just as much sense. Uh, I just said that makes sense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Make as okay. much sense as the talking cat and Sabrina the Teenage Mother. <laughs> the Teenage oh, sorry. Mother? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Sabrina sorry. the Teenage Mother is a great follow-up. I, I'm sorry. I'm so used to calling it that. To Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> That was the gag that I started a long time ago, and now it just comes out that oh way. God, Sabrina, <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Mother. In any case, uh, uh, so Blackjack Savage possesses a Doberman, mm. uh, and uh, oh, he also jokes afterwards that he's going to have nightmares for a month that he was biting off his own dick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, in any case, uh, he bites Barry so that Barry can't get on the plane because he might be sick or something. Yeah. They save him from the FBI. Anyway, mm. um, that's the pilot. Okay, no, the pilot. Okay, the pilot ends with it. Turns out that Tobin Bell, the Tobin Bell character, is uh. dumping toxic waste into the ocean. Uh, the heroic female Roma Downey character uh, is trying to stop him from doing that. And in order to do that, uh, Barry gets in the superboat, has to dress like Blackjack Savage with a black hood over his face, so that they'll think he's a black guy. Oh, I think it's so they th- they'll think he's a ghost. But, but they okay. know that Blackjack Savage is a black guy, so he has to dress up like a black guy. Yeah. He has to be plausibly a black guy. <laughs> so he goes to save her uh-huh. in the process dumping multiple cans like like huge barrels of toxic waste into the ocean by blowing them up but not not so many that it would hurt too many fish no <laughs> and then he gives like a pirate rhyme and then the episode's over and now, that's the first episode of blackjack Savage. so since they put him in the pirate outfit and they bothered to give him a mask i thought that the premise of the show was going to be sort of a scarlet pimpernel Thing like a superhero, yeah. like an old swashbuckling superhero. He'd have type to impersonate a swashbuckling superhero, kind of like like, uh, yeah, like, like uh, a- asshole millionaire by day, swashbuckling superhero by well, night. It, it's it's or, the Scarlet Pimpernel, it's or, Batman, or it's, Jack uh, of all trades. It's another one where oh, there you go, he has yeah. to he has to he's actually a cad. He impersonates a local hero, uh-huh. and he's the thorn in the side of all the evildoers there. Now, even though in, in typical everyday life they think he's one of them. If if they had had approached the show from that angle, that. Th- and that he gets his superpowers from a ghost who is always at his side. That's now that's good pulp material. Actually, it's okay. the, w- the way yeah. the, the way the pilot ends is actually a good pulp novel. Cad by day, superhero by night, gets powers from ghost, uh-huh. has attack genius. Yeah. That's enough. That's your on the road to redemption. On the road to redemption. That's your pitch. All of the details are fucked up, but the basic so, idea there's so something there. They leave us in this kind of promising spot. 
The problem is they don't commit to that premise because he doesn't dress up like the pirate. He doesn't pretend to be Black Jack Savage in every episode. In fact, he only does it like one or two other times, I recall. Yeah, the premise just kind of falls apart. So the premise then is still this amorphous thing about this ghost with weird rules and, and this Donald Trump figure and the rules of this island and the rules. It never it, finds it its own way. And there's always the sense of tonal whiplash where yeah. sometimes it's very light. Uh-huh. And then something happens that is just so inappropriate, just in poor taste, yeah. that it fucks you up. And then, and we'll talk about the opening of the second episode in just one second, because holy shit. Uh, and then there'll just be something happens that's really fucked up. So the opening of the second episode, which is called A Pirate Story. Uh-huh. Again, it opens with Michael Eisner, who says, who just opens it with saying, you know, most of us don't have to worry about snarks. Uh-huh. Oh, Michael. Well, the, uh, you know, I really I admire that. I admire that Michael Eisner, uh-huh. like one of the one of the biggest billionaires in the world, who is essentially uh, could also conceivably be a stand in for Barry Tarberry. Sure. Uh, is still going to commit to this show. Oh, yeah. He's really com- he wants to sell this the, mythology. The, this this story, this show, The 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage, a show no one remembers was backed by one of the world's biggest billionaires. Uh, well, it was backed by one of the world's biggest billionaires. Uh, it was by one of the biggest corporations, uh, uh, a corporation whose name, Disney, <coughs> is the is a standard bearer of quality to many people. Uh-huh. It was backed by Stephen J. Cannell, who at the time was a superstar TV producer. Uh-huh. And it was on NBC, a very respectable network. Well, and I'm always fascinated by these types of projects. It's like when we when we saw uh, Steve Jobs, the one with mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Uh, there was an entire segment devoted to the next, which was a failed enterprise. A, a failed enterprise, and in, in the film they argue that it was meant to be a failed enterprise. That it was mm. supposed to be. He was playing a long con. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily accurate, but I uh, think that's what he liked to tell people. Uh, yeah, I, th- yeah. That, that, that's the Steve Jobs. It worked out okay, that. so in 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 retrospect, but it was all part of a plan. When gigantic billionaires have these gigantic ideas and they fail, they don't just fail. You know, a spectacular failure is one thing, and that's always an interesting train wreck unto itself. It's the failure that they clearly put all of their heart and soul and mind into, and is just sw- immediately swallowed by history. Mm-hmm. Something that is totally forgotten. History it, it's, just it's, said it, this is it's, a stupid idea. Blackjack Savage is Ozymandias, King of Kings. <laughs> you know, this this statue buried in the desert, this gigantic thing that was supposed to be huge. Or you know, the, the movie Megaforce, which had video games and board right. games and toys. Nobody remembers Megaforce. Well, now that's a bit of a cult. Well, it's a cult oddity now, but yeah. because of that, what is the story? Why, why did... This, how did they manage to bury it? I don't know. How did they manage to bury how this show? I don't know this exists. I keep bringing this up. I One person. Uh-huh. I mentioned, I've talked to one, I've been talking about it on Twitter, uh-huh. talking about it in person to critics, TV people, people who know what they're talking about. Only one person has even claimed that they have any vague memory of this. <laughs> All right, so episode two, A Pirate Story, on the okay. show presented by Disney Channel for Kids, opens with a double homicide of people getting shot in front of their baby. Now, to be fair, it's a it's a baby, and I don't think the baby. To be was, fair, it's a baby. Well, it's it's not like it's an eight year old who's going to be like traumatized for the rest of his life. It's a for this hell sort of an thing. image for the audience to deal with. But at the beginning of this show, the ticking clock in this episode is the the baby starving to death. Like they ha- the baby's on a boat, they have to locate the baby, uh-huh. and they have to get to it before it dies of starvation. It dies of starvation. Also, the boat is sinking. 
<laughs> so don't dub- forget double trouble. Okay, so the next thing we see is basically uh, there's like a headline in the newspaper or something, mm. and uh, Blackjack Savage, who's now played by a different actor, just says, "Hey, this Texas couple is missing. We should save them." Yeah, yeah. Elegant plotting. Well, you know what? If if you've been trapped in a castle for hundreds of years, you finally have a chance to start saving some lives. You're going to start pursuing every available opportunity. You don't have a plot. You don't mm-hmm. have a scheme. You're just going to go out and say, hey, look, somebody's missing. That might be a life I can save. Right. Uh, J- uh, Barry uh-huh. wants none of this, doesn't care at the moment, still isn't fully committed to the cause. So instead, he convinced Jack uh, to go to Abel Vasquez's posh fascist building of power uh, uh, to spy on him so that uh, Barry can use the information to make money. <laughs> Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. So Blackjack Savage goes to the to the office, just happens to be there. No one can see him. He says things are supposed to be funny and are not. And then we have to go through <laughs> an extended sequence in which we watch this Abel Vasquez character in tight purple Back to the Future underwear. <laughs> Like, not, like, with Back to the Future logos on it. It's just, like, it's exactly the underwear that Marty McFly wears in the first Back to the Future. Uh, We have to watch him shave his chest. Yeah. And we watch it. We luxuriate on that image for a while. uh, (laughs) The show thinks that's really funny. I I, I can't iterate enough, though. This was the popular image of the yuppie in the early 90s. Um, The the yuppie was the stock bad guy. And in fact, by 1991, it was even a little bit of a tired image. So we have to throw in all of these Gordon Gecko cliches, Mm -hmm. and his vanity is part of them. We we come around to Patrick Bateman, it's satirical again. But right now, that's what we got. Yeah. Handsome dude shaving his chest, because that's kind of weird. In any case, Abel Vasquez uh, is, it turns out he's in cahoots with the pirates, um... And Jack comes back with all the information. They decide to enlist the help of Logan Murphy to make them a satellite that can look down on the ocean and find ships today. Yeah. (laughs) Just today. Just do it. Uh, By the way, Barry still hasn't paid Logan. And uh, he says one of the recurring gags is just him tricking Logan into working for free, which was funny at the time, I guess. Here's a line (laughs) of dialogue that might... uh, Seemed yeah. a bit prescient. So, someday he's going to make Mexico pay for it. Here, here's what Barry, a.k.a. Donald Trump, says when he's trying to get out of paying a contractor. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Write you a personal check? I have got one of the most complicated tax returns in the United States Ooh. of America. He also tries to convince Logan that simply knowing him uh-huh. is more valuable than money because it'll get him more work elsewhere. I, wow! I, I would be willing to bet... That Donald Trump, the real Donald Trump, has said that to more than one person. Oh, that came out in the election cycle, that he has actually talked his way out of stuff, like caterers. Yeah, yeah. You catered my party? I don't need to pay you. This is payment enough. That yeah, actually is a just, thing that just came ha- out. It's on, yeah, it's on yeah. your resume now. Yeah, so Barry still says he's not risking his life for the baby because it's probably dead. <laughs> so Jack gets the ghosts of the dead couple. Uh-huh. Who can't come in the house for some reason, so they walk out into the woods. And here's the weird thing. Uh, I forgot the actual theatrical term for this, where where the audience can see a character, but the characters can't. Yeah, there's a term for that. There's a term for that. But, so, Barry can see Blackjack Savage, but nobody else can see Blackjack Savage. Blackjack Savage can see the ghosts, but even Barry can't see those ghosts. So this weird interpretation line of of information that's being passed on multiple times. We have four characters in (laughs) one shot 
Only one character can see one of them, and the other one has to interpret. Each, it's completely unnecessary. E- Why can't char- Barry just see? Who gives a shit? Each character can only see one other character of the four on stage. It's More like or less. now that that might be an interesting sort of Twilight Zone moral dilemma if they had mm. written it that way. If that was the whole episode, but no, it's just this one scene with this complicated, convoluted thing. In any case, the couple, one of whom is actually uh, played by Caroline Williams from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she's really cool, and I, I met her in person. She was nice. Um, so she's concerned because, uh, her baby hasn't eaten in two days. And as its mother, even in the afterlife, they can hear it crying. Barry gives no fucks. And it turns out they had to do this weird thing where Barry and the woman stand in the exact same place so we can feel her feelings. And then all of a sudden, now that, now that Donald Trump has been in a woman's body, uh, all of a sudden he actually knows what love feels like. And that is actually the plot point. (laughs) Do you you remember that headline from the onion where, uh, New miracle surgery allows Dick Cheney to feel love. Yes. And, <laughs> there's a picture of Dick Cheney with like a balloon and a little girl and just having a great time. All right. In any case, it's hilarious. In any case, they, they flounce about. They do more investigating. They come across this couple who uh, are now currently living in San Pietro because they had let their baby die due to negligence. Um, and then they rescue the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they give the baby to the fam to the parents who let their children die uh, due to negligence, and that's the plot. No, Saved. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're redeemed. It's fine. Yeah, oh, and, and and at the end of every episode, by the way, there's a countdown. Oh yeah, so, like ninety three lives to go. Yeah. So don't you think the title of the show should change? Well, I guess they're always going to be his one hundred lives. So and that's also, fine. and also, there's a branding thing there. You got to yeah. copyright it every time. It doesn't really work. All right, episode three. Uh-huh. A day in the life of Logan Murphy. Uh, now, Logan Murphy is the tech dude. Yes, also uh, known as FX Murphy. FX Murphy, and uh, this is the episode where he essentially finds the the equivalent of the art of the deal. I forgot the title of the fiction. Oh, book. I wrote it down. Hang okay. on. Um, anyway, Barry's writing a new book called "Top of the Pyramid: Get There, Stay There." Uh-huh. Um, chapter one is called Hammerlock for some reason. <laughs> Um, Hammerlock is my favorite X-Men. Uh, Jack uh, says something mocking about the book, and then Jack says, when it comes to eloquence, I kick butt on Shakespeare. Which is actually kind of a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> he has the best words. Uh, uh, hang on. I'm gonna look, I wrote down the title. I'm gonna find right. it. Hang on. But anyway, going. the point is, uh, Logan Murphy is... Uh, dealing, in, not stealing. Dealing, not stealing. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, cover yeah. looks just like the art of the deal. Uh but uh, he is a Logan is upset that he's not getting paid by Barry mm-hmm. and uh, confronts Barry and Barry says, no, knowing me is more valuable. He uses the usual BS arguments. He finds the book and decides to take its philosophies to heart mm-hmm. and uh, use Barry's own methodology. Uh, own, own method, and in fact, he even starts dressing like him. He puts on like the white mm-hmm. shirt with the suspenders and mm-hmm. uh, this will eventually lead. And I, there are other plot plot details, but this is, I think hilarious uh, will lead to him hooking Barry up to a lie detector so he can sort of get to the truth about why he's not being paid. There's something kind of funny about that. There's something kind of funny about it. And right now, uh, right when the president is about to take office and he's being enmeshed in all these scandals, Mm -hmm. there's sort of a fantasy of hooking this guy up to a lie detector and figuring out what's really going on. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Okay. You know, scandals with 
Russian hacked emails and all the rest and well, installing case, puppet governments. That's the subplot of the episode. The actual plot yeah. uh, involves uh, the previous owner of the castle before Barry. The, oh, that's right. The guy yeah. who commissioned the superboat from Murphy and the guy whom mm. Murphy kind of by accident ratted out to the cops and that's why he's now in jail. He escapes jail, goes to San Pietro and he wants revenge on Logan Murphy and so the life they have to save in this episode uh, is in fact Logan's. This is also the episode in which the bad guy, whose name is Hancock, he's played by David Marciano, uh, who you may recall as the non-Canadian guy from Due South. <laughs> fun, uh, fun actor there. Uh, he's also the guy who keeps referring to Barry as, oh, and again, I apologize, mm-hmm. but this is what they say, uh-huh. Barry Tarbaby. Recurring gag throughout the episode. We won't linger on it any longer. Might it say still not funny? Uh, not not. I I think they didn't realize that it was a racist term. I think they didn't realize that it wasn't harmless. I think they knew it was bad. Yeah, but I, obviously they knew it was bad. Otherwise, it's it's used as like this weird insult. Uh. I don't think they realized how tone deaf it was to use it. Yeah, especially yeah. in that context. Like, and, it's not and, cool. and especially over and over again. Yeah. It's like it's weird. You, have you seen the original Police Academy? Yeah, they use a racial slur in that one. Uh, that it, it, like it's a t- completely dated. It, it starts with a J. I don't want to say it because it's gross. Yeah, but, we're not uh, gonna. But uh, they they use this in a film, and that film was made in 1984. You know, it, it's we're well beyond this by 1984. This is nearly a decade later, and we're still cracking out tar baby. <sighs> Jeez. I'm putting a moratorium on that word. We're done okay. with it. We're just going to move Louise. on. It's just, there's nothing, there's no good that comes out of it. It's just gross. Uh, um, it's gross that people are using it. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, so Barry is trying to save Logan's life, but the FBI are also looking for this escaped fugitive, and Barry cuts a deal that if he helps them catch the escaped fugitive, he will be able to come back to the United States. Yeah. So, really, he's saving Logan's life, but he's entirely doing it for himself. Logan finds that out. Obviously, he's pissed. I, I think it was this episode where uh, we, we learned a new rule, hmm. where uh, Logan's life is in danger and they save his life. And they say, hey, well, that should be enough. We've saved a life. That counts, right? In fact, why do, and Barry suggests this, why don't we let the criminal keep coming after him and we can keep saving Logan and that'll count over and over again. Mm-hmm. And. And Jack Savage just says, this isn't double coupons, man. <laughs> yeah, they actually have so, to, like, so they, they do establish the that, threat. That you, you can't just save one guy over and over again and get through, blow through your lives Yeah, that you, way. Have, you to have to remove the thing that's threatening his life. So they have to actually apprehend stop this guy. This guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in any case, uh, that's basically it. They stop the guy. They stop also, the guy. And, and Barry has nothing to do with the save, so it's fine. They just saved Logan, and that's the whole episode. <laughs> uh, episode four. Deals are made to be broken. And this is one where someone else is impersonating Blackjack Savage uh-huh. in order to scare people off their land uh, so that right, they can buy the right. land. This is the Scooby Doo episode, and for once, it's not the evil real estate guy. <laughs> the even evil real estate guy is the the mystery machine. Even now. though in the first episode, the evil real estate guy was impersonating a ghost. <laughs> this <laughs> oh is like god. the one episode oh where god. I'm like, wow. Oh my god, I didn't put that together. Oh my god! This, this is, is the this heroic is, bad guy from the Scooby Doo show. This is Scooby Doo told from the perspective of the masked bad guy. It is. Oh my god! How insane is that? Just needs a talking dog. It wouldn't be any Holy weirder. Shit. Oh wait, the, the dog is possessed by oh a guy. We this have a Scooby is... in this episode. Oh, they were really stoned <laughs> in watching Scooby Doo. It all comes together. It now. All, it's all falling into place. It's it's Scooby Doo without the Mystery Machine crew. In any case, uh, so yeah, so in this episode, someone is haunting, fake haunting this this. This poor, impoverished villagers. Uh, and, yeah. turns, and I'm just going to tell you right now, it turns out it's Michael Chiklis 
from the shield. He wasn't he wasn't Michael Chiklis from the shield yet, but no, yeah, he was, but he, he would was go just a working on to work actor. with yeah. Stephen J. Canella and like and and do the commish. So yeah, this worked out yeah. pretty well for him in but the long a, run. A lot of the actors uh, and and TV's incestuous this way. A lot oh, yeah. of a lot of the actors that showed up on this uh, teamed up with other things the creator did, and a lot of these characters showed up on the X Files in various capacities. Right. Um, yeah, and, and we see this even on our mm. show. Every every with every new episode, every new television series we cover and cancel too soon. Mm we run into different people who showed up in other shows. Right. And you just realize that when, when shows get canceled, actors become free to do other shows that get canceled. <laughs> we, should, we could do an entire year's worth of Jason Bateman's failed sitcoms. <laughs> and maybe we should. Maybe we will. Oh, God. Uh, in any case, uh, and so the, the episode opens... Uh, with uh, Barry complaining about the FBI as lousy Dudley do-right Stalinists. Um, so that's also fun. Um, they, it turns out they can't. the FBI can't uh, arrest Barry unless he's 12 miles away from the island now. It yeah. wasn't a rule before, but okay. Uh, Barry, also, the, 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 the snarks um, operate on sort of a weird shifting set of rules. Because well, the idea they was... They haven't shown up again since the pilot by this point. Yeah, but they show up in this episode. They do, it's, but it's uh, been a while. And the idea is that if he leaves the castle, they just sort of start flying after him. But it turns out, like, they don't see him if he's indoors or, like, he can hide out for a little bit. Like, he's got a little bit of a grace period but before if, they start coming the after him. Here's the thing with this whole snark idea, because it's mm-hmm. supposed to add this element of threat. Blackjack Savage is a ghost. How do you threaten him? Well, there are going to be these ghost bounty hunters who will drag him back to the tree where he was lynched, and that tree is actually a gateway to hell. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, the pre- whether universally or just for him, it's never made clear, yeah. but, but we do see it open. It also, be. by the way, I think it was in the previous episode, we find out that confirm once and for all that Blackjack Savage wasn't all that evil. The first 25 people he killed were people who actually kidnapped him from Africa and it sold him into slavery. Uh, and he argues that shouldn't count. That's, and honestly, that's just, it shouldn't. That's I don't just even Django know. Unchained at that yeah, point. Like, you know? I don't know. Like, the, the rules are kind of weird. Um... But yeah, so uh, in this episode, uh, the episode opens with Barry on the beach trying to go Baywatching. Just like, oh, maybe I'll save someone from drowning. Uh-huh. Like, that'll count, right? <laughs> like, just any way to half-ass this, uh, he, he will do it. He runs into his ex-wife, uh, who turns out is also like a real estate tycoon. Mm. She complains about his hotels and says they failed because he put his own picture in every room. Cough. If you had any doubts <laughs> who this was about, this is done. Um, oh, they weren't coding anything. Yeah. It's fine. In any case, uh, everyone knows that Barry's castle is haunted by the ghost of Blackjack Savage. So Roma Downey suggests that she and all of the villagers spend the night in the castle to prove it isn't haunted. But it is. But it is. Mm. But they don't know that. Uh-huh. And they're trying to prove that it's not. So... Barry gets accused of pretending to be uh, the fake ghost for real estate purposes. He's arrested. Uh, FX Murphy tries to impersonate the ghost with holograms, and the actual quote-unquote ghost shows up to terrorize the village. Mm. Barry is set free, but while he was in jail, they took away all of his assets, and they sold his castle to Michael Chiklis, who wants to turn it into a health spa. And... Which, of course, you know, this the paperwork of the afterlife now comes into effect because yes. when Barry loses the castle and Michael Chiklis picks it up, Barry can't see Blackjack anymore. Right, which is actually almost an interesting plot point. Oh, how are they going to do this? Barry comes up with the idea to bring a parrot in so that Blackjack can talk to him. And you know what? Not a bad idea. That, that's using your using your noodle. Should have done it in every episode. Oh, also, Michael Chiklis hires an exorcist who shows up like the exorcist. Uh-huh. 
to to expel Blackjack's ghost. And my first thought was, why didn't they just like impersonate an exorcist? Like have Logan do it yeah. so that he'll think it's an exorcist. But no, it's an actual exorcist. And you think for a while that maybe Blackjack's been sent to hell. Turns out he was hiding near the door to hell, which he just sort of explains away. <laughs> like that's going to make sense to us. Anyway, oh God, I'm trying to remember where this even fucking goes. I don't even remember. Let's move on to the next episode. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure there isn't anything super fucking important yeah. here. Barry brings BJ a parrot. Um... <laughs> oh, so the episode ends real fast. The episode ends with Barry's wife betraying him. She was trying to get him off of the island so the FBI could uh, uh, arrest him. Mm. Barry ends up saving her life because Michael Chiklis, who found out about the whole con job, uh, he tries to shoot Barry. And so uh, the FBI arrests Michael Chiklis and Barry gets back. Uh, to the island, and now he owns the castle again, and there are 92 lives to go. <laughs> Every episode ends with blank Nin- lives to 92 go. lives to go. Executive episode producer five. Stephen J. Cannell. Look for the union label. Mm. Oh, man. Okay. So, this episode opens with a violent home invasion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Barry agrees to help people who are... It's kind of the same plot as the last one. There's a bunch of, like, disparate villagers who are being mm. attacked, and people want their land. Um, but the, is this the one that has the, the guest dictator? Uh, no, that's episode six. Oh, okay. Now, episode five is the one where uh, Barry says, You want me to organize a union? I'd rather have my prostate taken out with a soldering iron. Mm. Uh, there's also a funny bit in this one where Barry is at, like... Speaking sort of soldering of, irons... Barry is at the sort of resort, uh, and he's getting his back massaged, and he's talking to Blackjack Savage in public, uh-huh. and he just tells the massage guy, "Just don't. Look, I'm going to say a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> he gives ignore a, me. He, he gives him twenty bucks. Just ignore what I say. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say some weird stuff." And so the massage guy just keeps looking at him as he's having this long conversation with someone he can't see. Mm. And then Barry gets up to talk to Roma Downey Jr., and the massage guy keeps following him and giving him a massage yeah. throughout the hotel. That's actually kind of funny. I want to give the show this one joke. So that's kind of funny. It's like something out of a Zucker Brothers movie. Right? It's vaguely amusing. In any case, uh, Barry and Danielle uh, decide to go up the river. Oh, uh, Logan built a robot to do his uh, negotiating with Barry for him in this episode, you recall? Remember that? I, I had forgotten the Barry robot. Barry built a robot. Mm. Um, anyway. You know, uh, did, do you ever watch He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? I did watch He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So it's a Dark Ages fantasy, yes. but it was based on a toy, and they yeah. wanted to put everything in the show they could turn into toys, so they also had, like, robots and stuff. And did, did you ever get the impression that some executives were just saying, what else do little boys like? Well, we have a Dark Ages show. We can't have robots. Oh, what the heck? Now we have robots. Right. And now we have laser guns and tanks and stuff, even though it's the, the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling about this show, too. It's like yeah. we have another idea. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Throw we're it just, in. No we're, we're gonna we're gonna stir it into this big jambalaya of strange ideas. So they go on this sort of apocalypse now journey upriver. Uh, find this isolated community where there is like one woman who's a lawyer who's trying to save these people from these corrupt or evil guys who want their land. Um, and this episode is some of the most sexist shit I've ever heard in it. Um, there's a great <laughs> bit where uh, Roma Downey says, I don't appreciate being talked to like this. At which point Barry steps in very heroically and says, let me handle this. She doesn't appreciate being talked to like that. Sounds like a joke. The show doesn't play it as one. The show plays it as that's him being heroic. Yeah. Barry also says, well, what are you going to do? We're dealing with the poster girl for PMS. Yeah, that 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 part... Uh 
part kind of bugged me a little bit. That's not fucking cool, Disney. <laughs> Disney. Well, look, clearly, clearly they're trying to set him up as sort of a vaguely sexist character, but that's that one's just off the map. Well, he just it's, gets it's a little the, bit. They let him off the hook for it. He never yeah. like no one ever like. Like if somebody smacked him in the face for saying it, then it would be okay yeah. to have that line of dialogue in there. But no. Yeah. Um, in any case, uh, uh, so Jack is in love with this lawyer lady and he makes Barry do like kind of the Whoopi Goldberg ghost thing right. where he does all the seducing for him. Roma Downey thinks he's cheating on her, even though they're not together, but she's all, oh God, this fucking, uh, Barry turns out to be their <laughs> white savior. He does all of the work and saves yeah. everyone well, in the village. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, FX Murphy gets turned into a suicide bomber. That's right. They strapped the bomb to his chest. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I did appreciate the scene where they put a bomb on him, but it's on his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has to talk another person into defusing the bomb. Um, that was a good tense action sequence. Yeah. Like, it was just well put together. That's all. Uh, at one point, Danielle, the Romadani uh, character, mm-hmm. plays. Uh, it finds out that Barry almost was responsible for all of this, and he almost got her killed just so he could try to sleep with her and that he lied about it, and that endears him to her so much she tries to kiss him. Uh, you're losing sight of the anti-hero thing, 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage. Uh, the whole idea is that he is a scoundrel, that's fine, mm-hmm. but you don't let him get away with this sort of crap. That's how you play an anti-hero. Or you let him get away with it, and it's seen as some sort of great moral failing on the fabric of the universe. Well, yeah, what, it's got to be kind of sad. There's got to be a bittersweet element to it. Uh, the, Irony. No, Irony the, is what you're getting at. Th- this is the only episode where he's just sort of allowed to get away with horrible things without people, at, at the very least, rolling their eyes at him. Yeah. No, and it's 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 really annoying. Uh, in the end... Uh, at, at least, I mean, this is the only episode where they do that, though. Well, Ordinarily, they don't let him get away with that crap. They, not they, as they, much. They, they take him to town. Even Blackjack Savage in this one is really kind of... He's really sexist. He really says like, a lot of to gross be, stuff. And, and the next episode, he says worse things. To, to be fair, he's, you know, a, a 600-year-old... Pi- or a 300-year-old pirate, but yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't come across very, very well. And in the end... Uh, Blackjack Savage uh, possesses a dog so that she can rub his belly, mm. and then he pees on Barry's foot. Yeah. Moving on. Jack, shame on you. <laughs> okay. Episode six, The Not-So-Great Dictator. This is the other fascist dictator. There's so, a guest fascist dictator. Uh, so we're already living on an island of the fascist dictator. The fascist dictator is a, a recurring role on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know why they felt the need to include this character. It's kind of irrelevant. But I kind of thought it was supposed to be like a Colonel Clink kind of thing where like we know he's bad, but he's so incompetent that maybe we can have a lot of fun putting one over on him a lot, but they never really get around to it. Yeah. Like they, At one point they convince this guy that Barry's psychic, but that never goes anywhere. <coughs> I, I don't know. Like at some point well, he's the villain. Sometimes he's the villain. Sometimes he's uh, just uh, he, not in their way. He's kind of an extraneous pre- presence in the show, is the thing. But in this one, we have a secondary fascist dictator who wants to hide out on San Pietro. Yes, Premier Benoit, uh, who is uh, at the begin. The episode begins with a violent coup. People yeah. are running around his palace with guns, and people are getting blown up. But in a cheap sort of way, so we only see yeah. like violence on a really small scale because they don't have the budget to show an actual coup. Yeah, and uh, so he runs over <coughs> San Pietro, and of course Abel uh, isn't particularly proud of having another alpha male there. So he schemes with Benoit's mistress to have uh, Benoit assassinated, and Barry argues that we should save the fascist dictator. 
Uh-huh. Okay, you're running in some real well, sticky and, moral waters And indeed, here. The, the, the show takes, a, like, it starts out that way, but then the show, like, kind of slows, this episode slows down a little bit so that he and the fascist dictator can have sort of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Have and a nice both, moment. Really humanize the fascist dictator. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with humanizing a villain. It's sure. fine if you could still consider them a villain. And we have these two anti-hero characters who are sort of bonding, but they're... I'm not sure if it's meant to be human or if it's meant to play as comic. It's played really awkwardly. It's really, really weird. Um, so anyway, this I, is basically a there's show. a lot of dialogue. I have to say that this was the one episode where I couldn't hear a lot of the dialogue. I, yeah. I watched this one on YouTube and the sound was really screwy. So I actually missed a lot of the, the plot That's points. Fine. In this yeah, one. this episode, the show has never been released on DVD where you had to like track down uh-huh. like old VHSs basically. Um, so they, they're not good quality. So we did the best we could. I was able to jack up my sound enough that I could make out lines yeah. like, uh, when, when, uh, uh, Barry meets the fascist mistress, uh-huh. um, and he's trying to hit on her. Uh-huh. Jack suggests the pickup line, get over here, witch, or walk the plank ye will. At uh, which point, uh, Barry instead uh-huh. uses the pickup line. I couldn't help but notice that your lips were a bit dry. And this was the second best way I could think of wetting them as he gives her a drink. Okay, first of all, I think the former might work better these uh-huh. days. Uh- <laughs> Jack also says, Barry, what's taking you so long, man? He's been talking to her for 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Barry, what's taking you so long, man? Back in my day, we'd have this wench tied and quartered by now. Uh-huh. I don't, uh, think, I don't think they know what quartered meant. Quartered meant, meant rending her body, but yeah, okay. Yeah, tied, uh, I get. Quartered, no. That's not what that means. I, 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 here's what they're getting at and what they're failing at. Uh, we have this sort of misogynist businessman character who sees women as chattel and just goes after women. That's another yuppie stereotype. Fine. He, she, that she rebuffs his advances is right. She's not charmed by this guy. Uh, then we also have this other sexist character who comes from an earlier time. And a smarter show would point out that the modern-day businessman would be essentially the same as a 17th-century pirate in his views of women. Mm-hmm. And both of them would be taken to task for it. Yeah, theoretically, that's how that change would work. And you can see that's what they're setting up, but they never pay it off. So it just sort of lingers there as these weird sexist lines that are difficult for any audience, not even a modern audience, even in 1991, to kind of stomach. Uh, I was able to get past it because I knew they were setting something up, but I was a little upset that they never paid it off. Yes, hence they didn't actually set something up. Hence so, it's just a problem. Um, in any case, so they're trying to like save the fascist dictator. Um, at one point, well, Jack, that, Jack that's, positions that's, himself so that the lady he like he's attracted to uh, will put her arm through his crotch so he can get a cheap thrill out of it. Uh, that was a really classy moment. Thank uh, you for that, Black Jack Savage. Here's the moral I appreciate in this episode. You know, you have to save 100 lives. So what if the lives you save aren't very savory? Do they still count? Mm. Well, that's if we're looking at the yeah. morals of the show, again, Black Jack Savage killed people to save lives. Mm. Heaven doesn't care. You still killed somebody yeah that's what that's there's no regardless of whether or not it was for a reason that's still a sin there, there's so no they there's need no to, there's yeah. no nobility in murder it doesn't matter if you did it for noble reasons there's better ways around that and I, yeah. that i can appreciate there's an idea there. and now we have this this moral quandary mm-hmm. is is it still a noble act to save a life if the life you're saving is still a, is in need of redemption themselves or, or indeed will get more people killed mm-hmm. so um 
Anyway, they rescue the well, fascists. But, but I like yeah. that. Murder is never the answer in this show. Killing somebody, mm-hmm. you know, saving them is always going to be the primary moral objective. And mm-hmm. I actually think that's very noble yeah. that they're not going to resort to sort of this heroic murder that we see in TV and, and movies all the time. Uh, so they, anyway, they, they rescue the fascists from mm-hmm. Abel's death squads. Um, they have a moment where the fascist says he should have listened to his critics instead of beheading them. And Barry says he should have been, he should have hired a cheaper contractor to evict low income families. Um, Jack possesses <laughs> so, a horse so they again, can have a horse chase. I think the horse dies because they make like an ASPCA joke, but it all happens off camera. So I don't get it. Um, I think the horse, I think the horse was injured, but it's, it'll be okay. After this moment. Oh, oh, they, uh, they managed to, uh, stop the rebels who are trying to kill, Premier Benoit, uh, by sucking up snarks, who, by the way, now look like disembodied noses. They look like, they reminded me of the Langoliers with their mouths shut. You know, they're just these little sort of pods of wrinkly evil. Yeah, they realized that the back half of a rat with, like, chicken talons wasn't really a good look. So now they look (laughs) kind of like a cross between a stingray and your nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, So they suck them into, they they had developed... A ghost-busting ghost equipment. Well, they developed this big vacuum ghost-busting equipment, but then uh, uh, FX developed them a macro snark evaporator. Uh-huh. That doesn't work. So they got to get the big one. They shove the snarks into the thingy. And whenever it always looks, by the way, like, oh, no, snarks are attacking Jack. So then all of a sudden, this Donald Trump character just grabs a vacuum, starts waving it in the air, and everyone's looking at him like he's an idiot. That's just a thing that happens uh-huh. midway through half the episodes. Yep. And never really goes anywhere. And then they suck the snarks into the vacuum. They throw the vacuum at the bad guys. It uh. blows up. <laughs> which I guess snarks are really unstable. <laughs> and, oh, but uh, you know what? Th- th- that's actually addressed in a line of dialogue from a few previous episodes. There's an, a line of dialogue near the end of, I think it's episode three, mm-hmm. where uh, Barry's weird behavior he claims is trying to build a case in case he has to go back to the States and serve like uh, in a trial. Mm-hmm. That he's been behaving really weird to build up an insanity plea. Yeah. Like, there's actually a dramatic reason to cover up his weird behavior. Right. So it's addressed. So anyway, uh, they, they, they capture these rebels. Uh, Barry watches and does nothing as the bad guy tortures them. Uh, and then they realize that the bad guy, the premier, is going <coughs> to try to kill Abel Vasquez. Well, shit, now we got to save his life. Uh-huh. So Barry hosts a, 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 a big posh dinner party. And it all kind of works out okay, I guess. At the end, Jack says he talked to Larry, who again has never shown up, and said, eh, he's letting us have one life out of this. Okay. <laughs> we, get, we get one. <laughs> we get, uh, between the two, we get one. Okay. Yeah. Last episode. Episode seven. For um, whom the wedding bells toll. Now, I'm not sure if this was supposed to be the last episode or not. If it was supposed to be, they don't give you any sort of closure to the series. Well, there's the show no got button. canceled. There wasn't, there's yeah. no, so, there's no, nothing happens. This is just another episode. Right. Um, my my point is, 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 when some shows are canceled, they know they're going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. So they do try to wrap things up, even if it's in a hurried fashion. Think of uh, um, uh, Nightmare Cafe. There you go. For instance, they kind of ra- tried to wrap that one Thro- up. Threw some things in at the end. Uh, this is not one of those. This mm. is, however, the suicide episode. Uh, of the where, 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage. They, they, it, can you save somebody's life if you can save them from committing suicide? All right. Uh, that's, according that's to Larry, good. you have to save them from committing suicide for at least 30 days. <laughs> so this is that's Barry's. It. Barry supported this. They find this guy whose whose fiance just left him. Well, he he's the son of a gangster. He presents his wife with a, a, a 
a prenup. prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Uh, she gets really upset and leaves him instantly, and he falls into a su- suicidal funk. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, Barry learns about this and decides to patch up their marriage. Mm-hmm. So decides that this is his, easier his than risking way. his life. This yeah. is let's go with this one. And then he finds out that he has to keep an eye on the guy for thirty days, and that's annoying. So he decides to get them back together. Uh-huh. Uh, Barry goes over to the guy's fiance. Uh, and then the implication is he fucks her. Yeah, no, no, he <laughs> yeah. did. He did yeah, for he sure. with her. Uh, so that's awkward. Even, even though he denies it later in dialogue. Yeah, and I think but, even yeah. she does too, but I don't buy it for a second. It seems like where the, sh- the episode is going, mm-hmm. because she's offended by the prenup, because she immediately finds out this guy's a billionaire and sleeps with him. Mm-hmm. The idea is, is that maybe she was a gold digger all along, that <laughs> she was only marrying the guy for his money and prestige. Yeah. But then the show kind of cops out on that and just says, no, she just had cold feet. Well, I'm she, like, I don't know. I feel It's kind of she, inconsistent she, characterization. She, no, she just had cold feet, and the the implication was that she wanted somebody who was a little more forceful and masculine, and she could look, sort of sow wild oats with this guy who just showed up, and he's mm-hmm. famous, and why not sleep with a famous guy? Yeah. Uh, so it... it, it it doesn't play entirely graceful, but it makes sense. So Barry um, accidentally seduces her. He enlists Danielle's help to try to convince this woman that he's more of a cad, yeah. so she'll go back to her old fiance. Uh, uh, it, Danielle it, is weirdly okay with this and like fully commits to creating a whole new character. Like well, she's wouldn't you do that? That's fun. <laughs> no, because he even just says, "So you want me uh, to pretend to be somebody else to manipulate someone into getting back together with a guy she didn't want to be with?" Mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, that's sitcom stuff. It's fine. It's fine. Come on. Anyway, uh, anyway so, but it, it doesn't work. And then the big wrinkle is when uh, the jilted man's father, the gangster, mm-hmm. shows up on the island. They say, well, if this guy cuckolded you, more or less, mm-hmm. then we have to kill him. So now we have gangsters after Barry. Right. Uh, also fun things in this episode. Uh, more misogyny. Uh, the, the, the suicidal guy asks his bartender, why don't women understand anything? Uh-huh. To which the bartender replies, I think it's a hormonal deal, sir. We just sort of let that slide. <laughs> Barry, while trying to convince the guy not to commit suicide, says, <coughs> women aren't consistent. That's why it's our responsibility as men to be as stable as possible. Mm. Slap. Um, uh, keep, keep in mind, any f- offensive thing that comes out of Barry's mouth is not meant to be taken as that offensive thing. But if he's not taken to task for it, if there's no actual yeah, look, implication that this is bad, he, if there's no refutation, then about, it's just sitting there. Well, but how about the idea that Barry is not meant to be a noble person? He's never depicted as being heroic. He only gets moments. But here's the difference. And he always says something at the end of every episode to imply that he's not changed. But here's the difference. Uh-huh. He's rewarded constantly. He's mm. the star of an action series with a moral bent. Yes. He is a celebrity. He sleeps with everybody. He's rich, but he never has to spend any money. Everything about this guy's life is charm. So whenever he says something horrible and doesn't mm. get taken to task for it, it normalizes it. Holy shit, this is about Donald Trump. Yeah, it's compl- well, it's completely about Donald okay. Trump. God and it's it. it's actually a very real uh, moral dilemma because there. this is essentially a show about taking this immoral anti-hero character, this bad guy, mm-hmm. and putting him in a situation where he has to behave in, in a moral fashion. He has to do noble things now. Mm-hmm. It's against and his character, but he's got to do it It's anyway. against his character. It's against its principles, and I think the idea of the show is if an 
ignoble person does noble acts enough can he be redeemed will his character change and of course the joke of the show is no these yuppie assholes are beyond redemption uh-huh. what sort of weird magical pirate manipulation do we need <laughs> to force somebody how, with that type of character how far just do you have to, to go just to do something noble like three ghosts in the night ain't gonna do it we have to save a hundred lives with a black with like a pirate ghost a pirate ghost like, right next to him and, at all and times and a black guy so that our white hero who is clearly racist will have to learn a viable lesson about that yeah. too. And, and we'll have to shove him in with like a political no. dissident who's a woman so that his misogyny is like mm-hmm. everything keep, has to conspire keep to in mind, save this, was, this one jerk. Keep in mind, th- this is also during the time of Seinfeld, which was a show that was trying to essentially be an antidote to sitcoms. Yeah. Where sitcoms always had some sort of saccharine emotional thing at the end and Seinfeld was very pointedly about nothing. It was a nihilistic show uh, that these characters aren't ever redeemed, that they don't learn lessons and I think that's kind of the running gag of the 100 lives of Black Jack Savage. It just doesn't sell. This irredeemable character is still going to be irredeemable at the end of the day and I think there's kind of a joke there. I think there's a bit of satire going on. There's an idea for a joke. It gets Uh, lost in the execution and in all of the distracting details. Well, the distracting details are so crazy that it's hard to pay attention to. It's like the show is trying to distract you with all of these various things. Uh, because it doesn't really know what it's getting at. You kind of have to dig through to find what I was just talking about. In any case, if in case you're curious, oh. that episode ends with uh, Barry getting kidnapped, uh, and he's going to be executed at sea by the mafioso guy's father. FX, Danielle, and and uh, FX and Danielle, they steal the superboat. They run off to find him. They don't know where the hell he is. So Jack jumps into a dolphin, does a whole bunch of crazy dolphin flipper tricks to sneak them away so that she can go onto the boat, reveal that she loved the mobster's son all along. (laughs) They get married. The end. And the the mobster's son uh, says, Dad, I don't want you to kill him. I want to take care of my own things. It's like, well, how are you going to handle this? And you know what? He settles it like men. Fisticuffs. He, he gets gets in fisticuffs with a guy, and you know what? That's that's good. That's, that's fine. fine. He slept with that's the guy's fine. fiance. He gets fisticuffs. That's that's a. I mean, that's, I'm not not normally a violence guy, but if there's a justification, I'm I'm not against yeah. that. Well, I mean, I think she's probably arguably even more responsible than he is, but you know, I don't think anyway. he should get fisticuffs with her. Uh, so that's the end of episode seven. And that's the end of the 100 lives of Blackjack Savage. Was presumably Black- they saved no other lives, and they both went to hell. <laughs> so was the 100 lives of Blackjack Savage canceled too soon? No. <laughs> Uh, this show is insane. <laughs> no, I didn't want any. This was actually really like painful to my moral center to watch a show that just luxuriates in negative behavior like this. I, I can handle the stupidity. Stupidity is fun. Right. I like silly. Silly is great. Sure. The characters, particularly Barry, but honestly, a lot of the times, even Blackjack Savage, especially in the later episodes, uh. are such assholes. <laughs> Like, I want to, I needed, especially even early on in the show, I needed earlier on Uh some indication that redemption is feasible, not on like a mathematical, we can balance out the ledger kind of way, but in terms of maybe I can actually acknowledge my flaws Mm. and become a slightly better person. Just slightly. Uh That would have been nice. Just a hint that's possible. Mm. That would have been great. Okay. Nothing. I hated these people, and I didn't want to see any more of them. I, I think the point of the show was that you were kind of supposed to hate this guy because of the the way the way he was presented to us. I every think my point episode. is that's a bad idea for a show. 
I, I think it's, it's not, I, you it's know not done with enough grace. Prophet, you know you're supposed to hate him, uh, but the show is in on that. I, I Here, think, the tone is so off that there's no indication that that's a good uh, thing. I think it's I think it's fine to have a hateable protagonist in this sort of almost funny, lighthearted adventure setup. Mm-hmm. Because his bad behavior is meant to be seen as something comic. That's the tonal that you're talking about a tonal clash. I think if they had a more serious tone, it wouldn't it would have worked even worse. He's meant to be an object of derision at every turn. Every shocking thing he says is a joke. We're not supposed to take any of this seriously. He's clearly a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And the little moments that we're supposed to latch onto are scenes like the lie detector scene or when he actually does treat someone well, when he says something that actually implies that he's kind of redeemable. And then you can see him panic and try to walk it back a little bit because he's such a jerk because that's a joke. So what you're saying is it doesn't so much matter what the show is actually saying or doing. It's what's in the show's heart. No, I'm saying I'm saying it's it's in what the show is saying and doing. I'm saying that's what the, the premise of the show is, that it's a comedy show. And his evil behavior is the gag of the show. I just don't think it listen, the idea for that joke, uh-huh. I can appreciate that. I get that. I All really right. do. And honestly, I've seen shows and movies about shysters uh-huh. who were ostensibly criminals, bad people, yeah. but they're better than the other characters. Like Maverick is a good example of this. He's a gambler, okay, he's a go. con man, he's a thief. Whatever, but he's better than the other people. Well, but he also, Here, the he, hero isn't necessarily. Well, but but try try to think of somebody like C. Montgomery Burns, who is just a shriveled black horror of a person. He has no soft side whatsoever. Uh-huh. But we like watching him because he's funny, and every horrible thing he does, like you know, have the slaves murder the wounded. You know, that, yeah. that, that's a that's a laugh line. But that's a laugh line when and, he's and not sort of, the protagonist. When and I think him, when when the show is so crazy like this, it starts to tilt into slapstick in a lot of ways. When you make uh-huh. Burns the protagonist uh-huh. of a celebratory hero show, mm-hmm. when he gives water to Ben Hur, that's <laughs> when everyone in the audience starts going, Boo Earns! Uh-huh. Boo Earns! That's my response to the show. Boo Earns! But when you, when you saw the film in The Simpsons that C. Montgomery and Burns had made, uh-huh. where he gives water to Judah Ben Hur, he's he's uh-huh. Jesus. That you're you're laughing at the fact that this man would have the ego to do that. But Barry didn't make this show. People made this show about him. That's an that's an in okay. joke. Yeah. I, it, but it's, it's one thing clear, if it's if it's the obviously point, the point is this, ego. This show, the show, the show is riffing on the irredeemable ego of Donald Trump. It looks at Donald Trump, says that he's not capable of doing noble things. We have to come up with these complex rules to make sure he does moral things, uh-huh. and he's still not going to learn a lesson. And I understand that's frustrating and Sisyphusian in a way, but it's also. A, a very salient a it's a funny joke and b it's a salient point you're saying the show is salient okay yeah, that's a great I think okay. so especially so, especially in, in 2017 yes you haven't been specific was it canceled too soon no i would have liked to see more of this where would you and like to fact, see this go over 100 episodes I, my god i have no idea and i wish i and i wish <laughs> there was more so i could see what would have happened episode uh, eight mermaids who knows why not Fuck it, why mermaids. Not? Why not? What this show needs? How about the episode where he goes back in time and meets Jack Savage when he was still alive? That's not you know, a bad it's... idea. <laughs> what we needed was Larry. <clears throat> they needed someone to answer to a moral authority. Mm. Okay. To like so sort of the, be there. I don't know what was the name of Clouseau's inspector, like the so Clouseau's boss. Oh, the, the Herbert Long character. Yeah, the Herbert Long. Yeah. You need a guy going, oh, that Barry Tarberry, like someone who's in a position of authority over Barry. Okay. 
who can actually put him on missions and things Uh so that Barry has a certain mandate. I think that would have cleared it up. I think that would have made the the humor a little more focused, made the tone of the show a little bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. And it really would have opened it up because once you have people kind of like handing out missions or or like establishing rules and things, you can build a bit more. Like you can (laughs) add more ghosts. You can add more supernatural. Mm. You know, like we've got robots. We've got drug (coughs) runners. We've got ghosts. Why aren't there more supernatural storylines? Why can't there well, be demons and werewolves and things? They, they were clearly operating on a limited budget. The special effects on this show suck out loud. They're, oh, even at the time, they were bad. There's a scene where uh, uh, Black, Black Jack Savage is shot in the chest with a harpoon. And, you know, he's a ghost, so it just oh, passes yeah. through him. I noticed this, too. And it, it's, it's this sudden, like, this bad CGI thing enters his chest. It starts to waggle a little bit. And he's like, yeah. oh, well, that was a close call. It's just sort of in his chest. And he moves, and it sort of passes through his body. And then it vanishes because they couldn't, they yeah. didn't composite the the entire effect. Yeah, they, they, he leaves. Blackjack Savage leaves the frame. The harpoon is still on the wall because he's a ghost and who cares. Uh, and it's wagging, it's wagging, it's wagging. It disappears for about one second, and then the shot cuts away. Yeah, my god, it's yeah, cut it's the like, shot. <laughs> it's just such a bad effect. No one noticed or cared. Mm. Jeez, like it's a, it's a little. There's a fun bit in the opening uh, in the first episode where um, Blackjack Savage is rescuing Barry from like the. Um, uh, what do you call it? Bail bondsmen who are trying to get okay, him back yeah. to America. And they're running out of the airport, and Barry holds the door open for Blackjack Savage. And he's like, why did I do that? But it's obviously <laughs> ADR. Uh-huh. Because you realize, why did they do that? Because they couldn't afford the visual effect of him walking through that door. Uh-huh. So they had to do it, <laughs> and then right. cop out of it. And then there's a bit where they jump into a car, and Barry holds the door for Blackjack Savage, because obviously he can't hold the door. Uh-huh. And then they do- had another ADR. I did it again! Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of funny, but it's obviously there to hide the seams yeah, in, yeah. in the show's facade. Uh, I'll say this for The 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage. It came out in 1991. Mm-hmm. That was the year I turned 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had seen this, I'd, I'm baffled that this didn't cross my path because this was right up my alley. Yeah. This is the kind of show I wanted, uh, that I was looking for, that, and I, was, wasn't that I would actually watch It was in on The Wonderful World of Disney. It aired on NBC from March 31st, 1991 to May 26th, 1991. This, yeah. was, not, this was a... a decently promoted show. Yeah, so... It, it had a time slot. I, I don't know how this escaped my attention, or anyone's attention for that matter, but uh, I think if I had seen this in 1991, I could have done more with it, if, if that makes any sense. It would have been more up your alley. It, it would have been more up my alley. It would have been something I would still be talking about to this day, the same way I bring up Mantis but at every available opportunity, but nobody talks about yeah, but, this one. It's weird. There's a, there's a this, phenomenon... This, this, was, this was my cult show that I'm just now discovering. There is there is this phenomenon that people have noticed that there's like this whole shared memory people have about like a movie in which the comedian Sinbad played a genie that does not exist. Sinbad but never, yeah. He never did that. I, I I feel like maybe he might have done it on a sketch comedy show once or something and maybe uh-huh. that's where the confusion comes in because I think everyone's thinking about uh, the movie Kazam with Shaq uh-huh. and that they were projecting Sinbad on it. And granted, <laughs> uh-huh, Sinbad weird. makes more sense. Like I, I would actually, oh, yeah. I would actually greenlight that movie in 1995 if I was Disney. I'd be like, Sinbad as a genie, yeah, okay, that's not, <laughs> that's not great, but we can crank that one out. Like, but like, people have the shared memory of a thing that doesn't exist, and here's the thing that actually exists that is a thousand times more insane than Sinbad <laughs> as a genie, and nobody knows about it. I keep telling people. Wonder Lies of Blackjack Savage. We have to to tell the world. We have to get the memory of this thing this, out. This show is mad. 
madness. <laughs> Nothing about it. Especially in retrospect with the whole Donald Trump thing. And again, we were excited about the show before we realized the show was going for it. Yeah. yeah. We just thought it was just some random Gordon Gecko-y type con artist. And then the first episode just shoves it down your throat. Every episode shoves it down your throat. Well, can, can, it's ag- Trump. Again, again, that's that's it's not. So weird. It's, it's not, but it's not so weird because that image was everywhere. I it's just find the coincidence just, that we're doing it now. Yeah, that's true. That's all I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. It would be weird without that. Yeah. With that, this show it takes is, on this weird new. It's historical yeah. significance. <laughs> People need to see this. People need to understand. It's like because it's, it's bad, but it's in. It's amazingly th- bad. This, this is more than just the New York Times digging up the institutionalized racism from the Trump Foundation from like the 1970s. This, well, this, that's bad. That's probably worse. That's that, probably more important it's, than this. It's probably worse, but I think this needs to be. This is a small nugget to throw onto that gigantic pile. Here's another weird yeah. cultural echo. Of our president-elect, uh, maybe president by the time this. Oh no, I guess this is going. Uh, yeah, this is going uh, up blood before he actually up, up like, before he's actually inaugurated. Signed, yeah. But uh, yeah, that that this the weird cultural ripples that Donald Trump has left, yeah. uh, especially in the 1990s, that yeah. seems to have been forgotten and wasn't even brought up that much during his campaign. People weren't digging up that he was in Home Alone 2, that he was this... Eh, a little bit. That was a, kind of a, a meme. A, oh, isn't it funny that he didn't help this lost child? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But you know? th- th- there's this... Just sort of his his media presence was huge 20, 25 years ago. But he was a joke the entire and, time. And he was a joke the entire time. And yeah. I find it completely baffling that, you know, I didn't watch Celebrity Apprentice or any of his reality show stuff. Yeah. How did his image change that much from being this joke character, this stock yuppie villain that could be the star of a sh- this obscure show from 1991? Yeah. How did that change into political force that people are listening to? I think it's I a, feel like I missed something. I, did, in all I of think this. we all missed something. Bear in mind, and I, I, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard this. And if you look, go back, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. When they re evaluated and updated Lex Luthor after Crisis on Infinite Earths, the comics, the 1980s. Uh, The story goes that the businessman version of Lex Luthor that everyone likes now was based on Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. He was a villain. He was he was a villainous president. He he was a... And and from, from what I understand, that's how the entire culture saw this person. Yeah, he's obviously this and, you know, corrupt kind and of you can, you can watch, man, but You watch just... The 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage and you see not just that they're, they're not just taking stabs personally at Trump. He was such a presence that he was the, an easy target. He was somebody that we were allowed to mm-hmm. take pot shots at because he was a clown. He's famous, yes, but not famous for being great. He's oh. famous for kind of getting away with it. That's the kind of thing that's kind of amazing. He's mm. famous for that kind of slippery political shit that everyone was trying to like, oh, we're trying to get that out of the White House. Then why like Trump? Yeah. Like there's so many <laughs> other people who are like way more outsidery than that. It was so it's, weird. Yeah, this, this whole drain the swamp thing is completely counterintuitive. So I don't understand. Yeah, I don't it's like it. drain the swamp and put it with swamp your swamp. I, I, don't, you know? I don't understand. We're, I don't want to fall too far down the rabbit hole because that's not what this particular show is about. Uh, this show is about no, raising it, your this awareness. Is, this is why it's it's timely. Yeah. I know, I know. I just don't want to. I, I don't want to get too much off on a rant, and then we don't talk about TV. <laughs> yeah. This show is bizarre, and it really does remind you that sometimes uh, there are relics that we can find that no one talks about. For every show that people ask us to do that is famous, mm. there is weird shit. <laughs> there's that a, we there's need a, a hundred find, shows that we need to which uncover. Which is why 
if you send us wow. uh, 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 a television series through our Amazon wish list, which again you can find a link to on the page for this at libsyn.com uh, or uh, on our Twitter account, we have that pinned at the top of the page. Um, if you want to send us a show, we will cover that show. But the stuff that's on Amazon, the stuff that gets released on DVD uh, very formally, tends to be the stuff that's kind of mainstream. Yeah. That people know about. Stuff like Kings or John mm. from Cincinnati. You know, like these are shows that people have heard about. It's the stuff that no one's heard about. That we're going to try to keep unearthing. The weird <laughs> fucking shit uh-huh. that you just amazed it existed. So we're going to balance it because we've got, we're getting so many DVDs. Thank you so much. We're, we're pretty much for covered for, we're almost covered for like through almost Thanksgiving at like this we point. We could yeah, be like, like, but we're going to mix it up. We're going to get to your stuff as fast as we can. We're going to alternate between stuff you send us and occasionally maybe once a month or once every six weeks or something like that. Cause this is a biweekly show when we do a full series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to try to mix up as much as we can with stuff that will surprise you because some people come to our show to hear about shows they've heard about. Some people come to our show to hear about stuff they've never heard about and we need to balance it. Uh, so next time, it's a show that we've uh, on the Cancel Too Soon. We're going to take, when the show started, we started off on like a two-week kind of deal. Uh, we're going to go back to that at least for the next one. We're going to take next week off, partially because we really want people to listen to this Blackjack Savage episode. <laughs> and we want it to be at the top of the pile. Uh-huh. But also, we, we need to take a breath and we need to start uh, watching longer shows so that we can uh, do yeah, more programs. Because yeah. some of the shows that we want to cover last like 22 episodes and they're hour-long shows. That that's, takes that's a, a lot of time. and you know, It's a lot of commitment. We're, we're so, doing, we're, like, like you said, we're doing this one for us and we just need to take the time to yeah, do it. We're doing yeah. this one. We're not getting paid any money for this. We're taking Making contributions of shows, and that's it. Next time, we're going to do a show we promised that we would do at the beginning of the year. It's January. We're going to crank it out before the end of January. We are doing Casablanca, the television series based on the Oscar-winning classic romance Casablanca, which stars David Soule, Ray Liotta, mm. and Scatman Crothers from The Shining. It came out in 1983. Uh, it had an official DVD release. If you want to find it uh, for yourself, it's still very easy to find. Uh, relatively inexpensive, and you can follow along, um, or you can just hear us talk about it. And uh, in the future, we're going to do a series among the series people have sent us so far, and we're going to get uh, to them as soon as we can. Uh, Stuff like Point Pleasant, Almost Human, Kings, The Lone Gunman, <laughs> Kindred, The Embraced, The Dresden Files. The list goes on and on and on. Thank, uh, thank you, thank to you. everyone who has who has been so good about a, a listening, b supporting us, uh, c yeah, getting involved by sending us DVDs. It's really cool of you. Uh, and it's uh, as yeah, this is a labor of love, and we, we appreciate that you are continuing to pay attention. Yes. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so. Uh, we're using the same email for both this podcast and our other podcast. Mm. Our other podcast is the B-Movies Podcast, and it came first. So our email is bmoviespodcast, all one word, uh-huh. at gmail.com. Uh, put Cancel Too Soon in the header if you want to ask us about Cancel Too Soon. You want to talk to us. Do you remember seeing The 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage? Please let us know. Oh, my God. If you, if you, awesome. If you were the one person who watched it, I want to talk to you. If you know anyone who worked on the show and can explain themselves... Please contact us. Let us know. We're very eager. Um, if you can always send us recommendations for more shows, but again, there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, uh, and we want to get to them as much as we can. But 
the cool thing is the more you uh, say you want something, the faster we'll get to it. Yeah. So even though it might take us a while to get to your suggestion, we have them all written down. We're looking for all of them. We're building up a pretty impressive library, if I do say so myself, of stuff that is easily available and not easily available. Uh-huh. Uh, and we've got really, really fun things coming up for you uh, in, in the next year. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Yep. Uh, and uh, we will. Uh, I'm William Bibiani. I'm at William Bibiani on Twitter. I'm at Whitney Seibold. You can follow the show at Cancelled Cast. We also have Facebook.com slash Cancelled Too Soon, where we sometimes do Facebook Live videos and answer your questions, keep you up to date on what's going on. So be sure to follow that. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be back in two weeks at Casablanca. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. <laughs>